Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects. Now, if you're listening, you might say, where the heck have you been, Michael? Because we've been waiting for some episodes and I apologize. I've taken a little time off the last year to revamp what I wanted to do with this podcast. And of course, right when we're ready to go, the world changed before us, which is why my guest today is so perfectly timed for us not only to deal with what we're all de- dealing with, being stuck at home, but to keep our heads about us in many ways. So my friend and my guest today, Harriet Stein, is joining us, and her business is called Big Toe in the Water, and she's going to help us talk about mindfulness. So Harriet, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Michael. It is truly my pleasure. You know, we tried to do, we were planning on doing this side by side together in the Pyramid Club in downtown Philly until all of a sudden we couldn't go there anymore. So it's a good reminder that we can still be close together by looking at each other, even if we aren't sitting next to each other. Yeah, I agree. This is, I, I find more and more people are using this type of platform for the first time and they realize how important it really is to connect and see people. So Absolutely. I love it. I think this is a wonderful opportunity. I'm going to enjoy this so much. And you know that to me, mindfulness is a, it's really key to how I operate today, my new levels of success, and definitely my peace of mind. But I want to start just with a little bit of background before we dive into why it's so important, especially today. But tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this, because your story and your career line didn't necessarily start you out to be working in mindfulness and meditation. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually began my career as a nurse over 30 years ago. So, you know, uh, I, I consider myself sort of like a tree sometimes. So my <laughs> core is always going to be that. I, you know, when I'm 100 years old, uh, probably, you know, dying, I'll be the one yelling, I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse, right? Because that's it. That's I can I help. Am. I mean, I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse. You know, you don't know what you're doing. I'm a nurse. <laughs> So um, that's what nurses do. No matter how old we are, it's, it's what we do. So, uh, so yeah, so I moved from nursing into pharma and did clinical research. And then I became a global trainer at Johnson & Johnson. And I went to my um, manager one day and said, I learned this practice about 
uh, mindfulness. And I said, it's really changed my life. It really has enabled me to decrease my stress and become uh, more productive. And I said, I would love to share this with my colleagues. And I was very fortunate. She was very supportive. And she said, you know, you can do it if you want, you know, like at lunchtime or whatever. And, uh, and she made one little caveat, just don't tell anyone, which is typical, <laughs> you know, just keep it quiet, keep it quiet. And I was like, okay. So uh, the first week we had two people show up in the conference room and we're going back now. I'm trying to think literally 15 years. Wow. So we had two people in the conference room the first time. And then the next week there weren't enough chairs in the conference room at lunch. Wow. So that's what happened. It started just very, very slowly with something that impacted my life and that I knew I had to share. So I never expected to end up having a weekly class at J&J for over nine years. And, you know, after a while, people in my, my program would say, uh, could you come to my department and do an hour? And I was like, mm -hmm. sure. And then it was like, could, could we fly you to South Carolina to do a program for our, you know, our global sales directors? And I was like, sure. And little by little, my passion, which was my side gig at J&J, it was never part of my job description, uh, just grew and grew. Uh, so that's why three years ago, I actually left and decided to do this full time because I love being able to very quickly and easily teach people something that's going to change their life immediately. It's amazing to think that 15 years ago, mindfulness and meditation weren't considered part of our normal nomenclature. You know, it was kind of, you heard about it, you know, you saw some stars that were doing it and maybe in conjunction with yoga. And I think that there's a real, um, there was damage done to the concept of it in those early days that it was really attached to what people thought was weird spiritual and weird different and and it's a little uncomfortable and yet today you know there's still people that are not quite sure about it without a doubt there's a lot of people who don't believe in it still mm -hmm. but it's so much more a part of our everyday language and even people who may not be practicing it are reading about it and hearing about it and thinking about it and asking questions for your employer, first of all, to say, okay, well, let's keep it under wraps a little, but to get to the point where you were being flown around the country and the world to help with parts of a, a global organization, mm -hmm. that's incredible. That must have felt very powerful to have been supported by your own company through that evolution. Yeah, I was so unbelievably grateful. And even when my managers changed at J&J, &J, uh, I would always tell them, you know, I have this little thing on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and even I started my own company nine years ago, so I was obviously still working at J&J, &J, and sometimes I would tell my managers, I'm going to take a day off, I'm going to take a vacation day, and I'm going to go teach at another company, and they were like, yeah, that's fine, you know, because it was, you know, it wasn't part of what I was doing there, really, you know, it wasn't part of my, right. my day job or whatever, but, uh, but like you say, like you said a moment ago, uh, the technical term us mindfulness teachers call it, uh, is woo-woo. That, uh, you know, when the Harvard Business Review started talking about mindfulness as a crucial skill in business and that all the business schools and the graduate business programs, whether it was Wharton or Stanford, you know, they all were now having mindfulness as part of their programs. It no longer became woo-woo. 
it became right. something extremely serious so that now you know the marines teach mindfulness mm -hmm. uh to to their you know their marines before they get deployed when they come back from deployment to help support them uh all the major uh and probably minor sports teams now Mm -hmm. So it has really grown. It has been wonderful to see this, this growing of a practice that I believe is so important. Well, and now it's really seen as a competitive advantage. And I don't necessarily mean like competitive against your fellow, you know, person that you're competing for a job, but right. competitive with yourself to get yourself to the next level of potential. And you know, that's my whole platform is shock your potential. It's about what is within you that you haven't fully unleashed. And what mindfulness has done for me and meditation has done for me is un op it's opened doors that were that I didn't even realize were closed in me, things that were keeping me from different levels of success because of maybe stress or um, sleep not being restful enough or you know the head games of, oh, can I do that or can I reach that far? And once I tapped into that, that, that competitive advantage for myself, just competing against the old Michael Mm -hmm. was it's been just earth shattering to me and i and every time i find i find myself um you know evangelizing not on purpose but because it's so it's so incredibly life changing and I, you and i've talked about this before but it always cracks me up when i'll tell people well i i think you should practice mindfulness and meditation and they go oh i i've tried that i i can't do that i'm not any good at that <laughs> and so do you, do you still get that when you talk to people about it? And if so, how do you, how do you respond I, to them? I get it all the time and I love it. I love, it's my favorite question to get because that's what people say. They'll ask me what I do and I tell them and then they're like, oh yeah, I can't do that because I'm one of those people that has a mind that thinks a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> hmm, yeah, right. <laughs> Have you met other people who are not thinking a lot, right? I mean. I have not met anyone who is not thinking a lot, uh, especially nowadays, right? So, you know, you just mentioned something really important because you said mindfulness and meditation. And so uh, just to separate it quickly out, because uh, when I teach, I teach the informal practice and the formal practice. And the informal practice is what you just said you were doing initially, which was becoming more aware of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know, noticing how we have a tendency to either be beating ourselves up about things we did or didn't do in the past that we can't change, or we're worrying about something in the future that might never happen. Right. And as soon as you realize, you know, where your head's at, literally, uh, and bring it back to the present, then you're like, you're much more focused. So no big surprise that the new Michael is much more of a higher performer than the previous version of the Michael. Um, that being said, this is a practice of compassion. So mm -hmm. we never beat ourselves up for like, oh, why did I do that? Or I wish I wasn't like that. Because, you know, when we know better, we do better, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the formal practice, you know, there's three uh, main formal practices, uh, sitting, eating, and walking meditation. So those are the formal ones. And I, I love how you say that too. And I, people kind of ask me sometimes why I clarify between mindfulness and meditation. And mm -hmm. I had to practice meditation to become more mindful. Mm -hmm. The practice of meditating to me was what, 
and I do almost all mine guided um, because it helps me to stop and just think. And I love my guided meditations because I don't have to come up with it. I can just participate in it. But it's always that, that gentle reminder of if you're wandering away in your thoughts, congratulations, you just recognized it. And it's that sense of you can't, if you're striving to be perfect at meditation, then you're not being mindful because the perfection comes in knowing that you're not perfect. Exactly. And exactly. that's the joy. And then when you're aware of that, you do, you, you, you care about yourself so much more and you mm-hmm. give yourself a break that is so much better. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and when we, um, when we have that experience where we're increasing our awareness and we become more grateful, obviously it then impacts every single person we then meet. The ripples are endless. Absolutely. I was going to tell you, I, I don't know if I've told you this before. I'm going to grab it just to show. Um, a couple years ago, I, and I have calendars actually on my wall from uh, October of 2017 through mm-hmm. October of 2018. And it was, it was the time that I realized, I realized on October 5th, I woke up that day of 2017 and I went, you know, I've had these days when I've been much more effective. What What's mm-hmm. going on? And I went back and I looked in my journal because I journal every day to some extent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just work notes. Sometimes it's thoughts. You know, sometimes it's mm-hmm. ideas of new books, whatever. And I went back and I realized that on the days that I would meditate, that I would have at least 30 minutes of an exercise-like activity. It could be a walk. It could be a run. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I... Um, wrote in my journal on the days that I did those three things, I was really, really effective. Like my, my productivity went out the the roof. So I actually had some gold stars and I started putting them on my calendar. I love it. And so then I printed out these calendars and I started putting them on there. And I said, I'm going to try this for a whole year and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that my mind went to is what if I miss a day? Oh my God, what if I do this and I miss a day? Of course. And then I'm like, who cares if you miss a day? Of right. course you're going to miss a day. Right. Let's try not to miss a day. And as I went through, I only mm-hmm. missed in that one whole year because I tracked it for one year exactly. Yeah. And I still do it today. Um, I only missed 17 days. And, but I had to do all those three things. And I had to be honest with myself when I didn't do one. You, know, you can't say, well, I kind of exercised because you know, I walked up and down the stairs a few <laughs> times in my house. Like, no. <laughs> You have to have a conscious, <laughs> mindful 30 minutes or more of something. Right. And, uh, and as I do that, even today, um, my calendar, I, I put one star on my calendar, one star in my uh, little journal, and it's, and it's really satisfying. And I look this month, and so far in the month of March, I've missed one, two, mm-hmm. three, four, four days so far. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's amazing to so me. So can I, can I interrupt you? Yeah. I want you to flip that. I'm encouraging you to flip that. I want you right now to count every day that you did it. You're right. You're right. Did it. Check. Check. You did it. (laughs) Exactly. How many? Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. See that? Yeah. 
So that is a mindfulness exercise that was taught to me by one of my first teachers. And I remember uh, one of the very first programs I taught, I went back to him and, and Don said, how did it go? And I was like, oh, I wish I would have done this or what. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. He goes, what went well? And right. I was like, oh, you know, that's the mindfulness. That You're is right. right there because it's the practice of living moment by moment with non-judgment. So we want to lead with non-judgment. So not seeing what we didn't do, but seeing what we did. You're so right. In fact, I've told the story about the, you know, the count, the everything up here, because I'm, that's going to be one of my future books, but I always lead with, I only missed 17 days instead of, I did, I have to calculate what 370, 65 minus 17 is. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I would have to get my phone. <laughs> uh, 348 days. Right, right. That's pretty significant. 348 days. I would venture to guess that's way above the 93, 94%. So that's pretty <laughs> darn good. So. But, and the reason I wanted to share that with you is because, and, and I'm so glad you pointed that out too, because that's another great way that I go, oh yeah, let's flip how we're thinking, let's keep with the positive, but realize it's not about perfection, right? It's exactly. about it's exactly. about recognizing in yourself what you are doing differently and what you are achieving. Right. right. <laughs> you got it. You so, didn't go um, for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so today, obviously, you know, we're in the midst of this crazy time in this world. And as you and I are are experiencing day one now of what we're calling stay home or shelter in place in Philadelphia, where thankfully we're still allowed to go out and exercise, although it's pouring down rain today. Mm -hmm. Um, Have to be creative today, but we can go out and do things. We have to be mindful of space of other people, which is really important. Um, But this is, you know, we're, we're looking at probably another eight to 10 weeks of this. So there's a lot of people who are going, going to, who think I'm going to go stir crazy. You know, I'm, I'm going to lose it with this. It's, you know, it's very stressful. Mindfulness, I know is important to me in this practice. Um, I'd like to, you know, just get your thoughts on how people can, even if they've never practiced mindfulness or meditation, what they could do today to help them feel like they have a little more sense of control over things they don't have control over. Yeah, so a couple great things they can do right now. I should I should get one of those little um, placards and hold them up. One is notice the story you're making up in your head. You know, because a lot of people are like, if I only knew when this was going to end. Well, yeah. we never know when things are going to end in life. We never know when things are going to begin. And we never know when they're going to end. That's just the what it's like to live our lives. It's True. a little bit more uh, apparent now because we're being told that you know we have to stay in place. Uh, but I would say, I would really encourage people to notice the stories you're making up in your head. And if you're thinking, oh, I don't think I can handle this, or I mean, they're not saying we can't go outside, like what you just said, we can go outside our front door. You know, we could walk around if you have a little patch of grass or whatever for a few minutes and walk back in. They just don't want us with groups of people. They don't right. want to see, you know, lots of couples walking hand in hand down the street. Uh, They would prefer people stay isolated for this Mm -hmm. short bit of time. So I think to just really notice, you know, if you're, if you're 
getting worried. You know, there's this wonderful movie called The Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks. And in the movie, and it's based on a true story, uh, the attorney is Tom Hanks. And he says to this Russian spy that he's, he's having to help. You know, I'm, this is the kind of law that Tom Hanks practices. And he says to this spy, he's like, you know, aren't you scared? And the spy looks at him and says, would it help? Right? <laughs> so a lot of times I don't have any tattoos because I'm one of those people who get bored easily. And I would be like, I love that tattoo. And then like a week later, I'd be like, I don't love that tattoo. <laughs> so, <laughs> but if I had the patience for a tattoo, one of them would probably say, you know, would it help? Because oh, no. so much of our thinking where we're thinking, oh, you know, uh, whether it's past or future thinking, whether it's, oh, I should have moved my finances or whether it's, oh, you know, I have to do this. And what if this happens in the market? Whether you're past or future, just asking yourself, you know, noticing the thoughts with kindness, with compassion, with non-judgment and saying, you know, does it help? Is that in any way really helping? Because if it's not helping, all that matters is this moment, right? This one. Yeah. The only moment that actually exists is right now. So why well, not just live in this one? And as you're saying that too, and I know that's just your first point, but it reminds me um, when I was in college, I was very stressed. You know, I, I, it was a very stressful time in most people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was something happening and I can't remember what it is now. Who knows? It didn't, doesn't matter anymore. But I remember my roommate and we had gone to high school together and we roomed together our first year of college. And I remember she said to me, cause I said, I am never going to make it through this, whatever this was. And mm -hmm. she said, you can handle anything for one more day. Mm. I said, well, I don't think it's going to be done in one more day. She goes, then you can handle it for two days. I go, well, what if it takes five days? She goes, you can handle it for five days. You can handle anything for whatever insert number or insert, um, <clears throat> insert uh, uh, intensity or whatever. And she said, if you believe you can. Right. It's true. I, that's why a lot of times people are like, I don't know if I can get through today. And I'm like, well, then don't worry about the day. Just get through this hour. Yes. Just get yes. through the next five minutes. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, that that's one of the things a lot of times people find themselves as a nurse, I can tell you, where you yeah. have women in labor and they're like, I don't think I could do it. And it's like, oh, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. You're going to be surprised. I remember changing my mind. I right? told, yeah. said to my nurse, I've decided we're not having this baby. <laughs> and that is very common. That is very common for women to decide, you know what? I decided I don't want to do it now. I don't want yeah. to. And they're like, and then the nurse normally says, that's okay. You're going to do it and we're going to do it together and we're exactly. just going to do it one breath at a time. Exactly. <laughs> it's so common. It's such a, it is the human condition. If there's one thing, I'm an optimist. I'm always going to look for what is the optimistic positive meaning for us as a, as an entire planet to be going through such a challenging, difficult situation. And, you know, I don't see a lot of people looking down at their phone right now. I see mm -hmm. people desperate for eye contact, yes. you know, people reaching out, not via teleconference, but be, via Zoom and yes. saying, you know, I want to see you. I want to connect. Having, you know, virtual uh, coffee breaks with their colleagues, having, you know, a glass of wine at night, having a beer with friends, you know, yes. people are really, you know, they're desperate for that connection. And, uh. You know, so I, I do believe that we will get through this. This will not last another five, 10, or 20 years. 
Right. And hopefully, you know, we'll remember this and we'll remember, you know, when we go back out there, I think when we get a chance to see each other after so long, I think those embraces are going to be really long and very meaningful. I think people have gotten nicer. Mm -hmm. I was thinking just even when my husband and I have been out running the last, you know, few days trying to, you know, have some time to be outside and breathe the air, you know, even people in their cars are more likely to stop for us. And, you know, we raise a hand and they raise a hand and smile. I haven't heard horn honking for the most part, which is amazing in a big city. But I think you're right. It's that sense of let's look for the positives because there are a lot more examples of people being kind to each other and being more aware of human to human rather than me just as an individual. And so if we can look to the positives of that, we can find other ways to continue to keep going. Exactly. And we are all in this together. So I know there are a lot of people very concerned about their businesses. And, mm -hmm. and I'm like, notice your thoughts, notice, you know, what's going through your head. And also be aware that, you know, a lot of times in the past, people would have a challenge with their business and they would be alone. Whereas right now, you were going through challenges in your business and everybody can relate to it. Absolutely. You know, you were going through it with millions of people. So I think there is that inner connection of what it's like to go through a difficult situation with everyone. Yeah, somebody was, uh, you know, I put a post on uh, LinkedIn the other day about my business and, and uh, somebody said, I can't believe that you put up there that you've lost 100% of your revenue. And I said, why not? Mm -hmm. They go, well, don't you want to keep the image that everything's great? I said, no, why? I'm not the only one that's struggling. I'm not the only one that's suffering. But I do recognize that there are things I could have done in my business six months ago that I didn't do. I didn't do fast enough. So I'm going to learn from this because mm -hmm. if I don't, what happens if, you know, we have a second round of this, you know, a year from now right. or something else, or, you know, I'm somewhere where, you know, you have the power out for a week or whatever, all those things can happen. You know, look at what happened in areas like, uh, you know, Florida when it was hit and the, you know, Puerto Rico uh, with the hurricanes and several years ago and with Katrina, you know, all those areas, individual, it wasn't a global, it wasn't a U.S., but they were still microcosms where people were affected in a large scale. We all can, we all can learn some things from this to, to prepare ourselves for the next time of whatever it is. Can I share with you another example? Yes, please. Yep. So, uh, because you're being so honest, I will, I will, I will also respond, uh, in kind in that, you know, like you said, a lot of people don't talk about when their businesses are having challenges mm -hmm. and I use survey monkey. And I did not know that a week ago, it automatically renewed and was for over $400. Yeah. And I was like, not what I want to be spending right now. It's a lot of money. So I immediately emailed them and I said, listen, I'm really sorry. Is there any way that I could stop that? It's been a week. I didn't realize it. And within minutes, uh, one of the representatives emailed me back and said, we don't normally do this, but we are definitely under the circumstances. We're giving you a full refund uh, to your credit card and wrote this extremely long positive letter to me. And I just sat there and cried. And I wrote back to the representative and I said, your letter just made me cry. And I said, I want you to know that when things change as they will, whether it's six months, like you said, or a little bit longer, whatever, I said, the very first software that I rebuy 
will be Survey Monkey. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's not a, you know, you're going to remember the people at this time who really helped you, who were really supportive of you. And uh, I just think that gives us uh, another chance to really connect human to human. And even a large company comes down to people. Absolutely. And, uh, it was just a beautiful, absolutely beautiful experience. Well, before we run out of time, I want to do a couple things. I want to make sure that we get, I think you still had two other points. So you were talking about, we were talking about, you know, how people get through it. You were saying, you know, be aware of your thoughts, be, mm -hmm. you know, you know, make sure that you stop yourself and say, is this really important? What are your other two points? Uh, actually, there's only one other. So uh, I'll, I'll be even briefer uh, because I would suggest to people, even if you have to, you know, set a little reminder on your watch or on your uh, calendar for every hour to just remind yourself to check in and see where you are. Uh, where's your head at? Are you thinking about the past, worrying about the future? Just immediately bring yourself back to the present. So just constantly doing a little brief check-in. And if you have a few minutes, I would love to do a formal practice, just a real quick few minutes. We could do that as well right now. Yes, I would love to. But before we do that, I want to make sure that we get, because we'll do this at the end and it'll be in the show notes, but people can find you at bigtoeinthewater.com. Am I that correct on is that? My, yes, that is my company. Much to the, the shock and surprise of my attorney when I said I wanted to name my company Big Toe in the Water, uh, that... That is, and the reason as a person who is all about shock your potential, I went up to the world famous teacher who taught me mindfulness for the first time 20 years ago, John Kabat-Zinn. And I went up to him several years ago and you know, I said to him, you know, I, uh, I'm a nurse and I'm a clinical researcher, I'm a global trainer, but I wanna teach mindfulness full time, especially to companies and organizations. And I wanted him to say, call my friend so-and-so I was looking for a lead, a lead. And <laughs> instead he said, if you want to change your life, you don't have to move. You don't have to quit your job. All you have to do is put your big toe in the water. And I was like, okay. And I walked away and months, not even hours or days or weeks, I would say months later, I was like, what is he talking about? And then I was like, oh, start out small. And that's how I started out with two people in the conference room at Johnson & Johnson. It's all because John said, put your big toe in the water. I love that. I'm and sure he has no idea that I named my company <laughs> after what he said, but it's my homage to John. Oh, isn't that great? And think about how many ripples can still come from one toe in the water. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, I would love it if you would walk us through a mindfulness meditation practice, formal practice, I don't know, however you want to describe it, so that we can all just take a deep breath together and, um, and find some of what uh, you and I know makes a difference in our life. So I will hand it over to you. You just take it from here, girl. Okay. So how many minutes would you like this? Let's uh, anywhere from three to five. Okay. Alrighty. I'm going to keep an eye on the clock then. Good. All right. So if you are driving, this is not something you should be doing while you're driving. So pull over if you're listening to this podcast in a car. Uh, and if you are not, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. And if you don't want to close your eyes, that's fine. Just keep your gaze downward and soft. And I'm just going to invite you to bring your attention right now to what it feels like to be sitting.
So just noticing where your body is making contact with the chair or whatever it is that you're sitting on right now. So maybe you notice the weight of your body evenly distributed on a solid base. Maybe you feel it on the back of your thighs or your buttocks or your lower back. But just getting this sense of what it feels like in this moment to just come to rest. Since this is what non-doing feels like in your body right now, because right now in this moment, you have no place to go and nowhere to be. And when your mind wanders, as it surely will, we treat that just as if you were outside and you saw a cloud in the sky and the cloud just keeps on moving. We notice that our mind has wandered. We notice the thoughts. And then we just escort our attention right back to what it feels like to be sitting. And noticing if you're holding in any way where you don't need to. Sometimes we hold around our jaw. So maybe just relaxing around the jaw and mouth area. Sometimes we squint when we don't need to. So maybe even softening around the eyes. And maybe even your shoulders are up around your ears. So just relaxing your shoulders down into a neutral position. Just getting that sense of what it feels like to being held in place by gravity, something we <clears throat> rarely consider. And if your eyes are closed, I invite you to open them and just noticing what it feels like in your body right now. So how does it feel in your body, Michael? It's amazing. Every time I begin, it probably takes the first five breaths before I realize how tight my jaw is. Mm. And it's about that time. And it was even right before you said it, I relaxed it. And, and, mm. uh, and as you were talking, I even had my hands clasped in, in together, which I usually mm -hmm. don't. And I separated them out and put them on my legs and, mm -hmm. and, it's, it is a joy to feel your body and realize 
how lucky we are to be breathing mm -hmm. and to be sitting here and to mm -hmm. be held down um, by gravity. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's always to me, just a way to reset wherever I am for the day. Even if I've been having a wonderful day, mm -hmm. it's just another way to reset and start new energy again. It's true. It's really true. Um, I always tell people that, you know, none of us wake up early in the morning and say, oh, I can't wait till I brush my teeth. You know, <laughs> we do it because it's important. And that's the same way that a mindfulness practice should be, uh, like a formal one, like a sitting meditation. You know, when you get up in the morning, uh, before you do coffee, before you, <clears throat> excuse me, before you look at your phone, before you start getting, you know, tied up in all those rituals, uh, to just really just sit for a few minutes. Uh, the research says if you can do it even for eight minutes a day, there's a, a lot of positive changes that will be made to one's brain. And we all could, we all could use a little bit of help in, in that perspective as well. So, um, yeah. I love it. And as you were talking about that, that just reminded me of a good friend of mine, Eric Twiggs. He talks about procrastination, but also working more effectively. And I've stopped doing this, but he, he prompted me to do it for a while when I go to bed to put my um, phone out of arm's reach so that mm. it can't be the first thing you reach. However, I've started doing some meditations at night. So I have my phone ready to go, but there's no reason I can't still start it and then go get in bed with my headphones on. <laughs> it's true. It's very, very true. All those little steps. Well, Harriet, I know that you work with corporations. You're, you're now doing some online stuff because you know the world has changed a little with you. And I know that you're contemplating taking on a few, perhaps one-on-one uh, -on -one clients and this type of thing. So if somebody wants to learn more about you, is the best way to go to your website or any other ways you want them to reach you? Yeah, definitely. The easiest way is uh, through my website. There's my email, my phone number. They can reach right out to me. And I love to connect with people, whether it's, uh, like you said, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or virtual, uh, whatever the size. I've worked with people in groups of eight and in groups of 800, whatever, whatever the size is, uh, I think we can, um, you know, we can definitely work with them. That's the most important thing. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your talent with us today. It has been my absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for this invitation. I mean, just so you know, Michael, you have changed the lives of millions of people right now because the ripples are endless. You know how they say about that butterfly wing that yep. you did? You just did that. You truly Aww. just did that. It's true. We did that's, it together. I know. <laughs> that's the way it works. Uh, so I'm very grateful for you having me on your show uh, because you will never know the full impact of the people who just listened to this and who might have changed their lives immediately forever right now because of you. So thank you so very Aww. much. Well, thank you. And as you guys know, all of Harriet's contact information will be on our show notes. And please reach out to her just to connect without a doubt and uh, be able to follow what she's doing because it's very exciting and it's something that'll make a difference for all of us. And for all my listeners, thank you for your patience as we've gone through some transition time as well. Thank you for continuing to stay with us. And as always, you can find us at shockyourpotential.com, shockyourpotentialpodcast.com, and coming very soon, the Shock Your Potential app. Have a great day to everyone. And remember, we're always here to shock our own potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.